We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on? I'm Tori Gordon, the host of Your Welcome Radio. I am so excited about today because this is the first episode of what's going to be such an amazing adventure and community of people that I can't wait to get to know. So the entire idea behind this podcast is for it to be a place for you to feel heard and to belong and to feel accepted. And we want to talk about the things in life that really matter to us. I mean, the things like our relationships to ourselves, to our businesses, to our families and our kids and our our spouses, and all the things that truly bring meaning and value to our lives, but also can be the things that get confusing and really hard to handle and to navigate sometimes. And I just wanted to create a place that's safe for us to come and talk about those things. And today I just wanted to discuss sort of about my own personal story and journey that I've been on over the last few years. I am 28 years old. I live in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm originally from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and I'm currently working as a corporate sales trainer. Um, And kind of my my background about me is that I was raised, you know, um, in Tuscaloosa. I went to college there, and since then I've kind of bounced around from a couple different cities. I went to Dallas for a year, and then I went to came to Atlanta. Um, I moved to San Diego, and now I've landed um, back here for the last two and a half years. And really since graduating high school, I've been on a trajectory towards creating what's now going to be Your Welcome Radio, uh, which is really meant to be a place of community um, and a place to come and be real and authentic and raw, which is really, really important to me. It's an inclusive place uh, that really everybody is welcome, regardless of your race, your gender, sexual preference, political status, or income. None of that matters here. We're just going to talk about the things that actually do matter. Um, So again, a little bit about me. I grew up, I had two amazing parents that were both educators and artists. Um, They were both musicians. My mom was a classical pianist. My dad traveled all over um, with different... uh, different music groups so they were just fantastic and as a child I was introduced to um, and exposed to music and art and dance theater you name it you know I did it we were a liberal family in the heart of Alabama though so think about that
when I was goofy, I would always be creating dances or writing plays or something with my sister and my friends. So I totally thrived there. And as is for a lot of kids, you go on to middle school and it was absolutely brutal for me. Um, you know, I didn't get grades all throughout elementary school. And the first time I ever got a grade was in sixth grade, about a month in on a math test. And it was a 59. And I cannot tell you guys the feeling that overcame me um, when I saw that letter grade. And it really set me on a course and a path and a trajectory that led me to begin questioning myself and who I was and if I was good enough. And that sounds so small and so crazy, but it, it truly did affect the rest of my life. So I started to create a really strong compensatory strategy. So what that is, is anytime that we feel less than or scared, alone, isolated, hurt, traumatized, the ego inside of us has to come up with some sort of survival skill to feel like we belong or are safe or are loved. So we create these strategies to get love and validation, feel like we belong, and Right then, mine became being an overachiever. I thought, okay, well, if nobody likes me, if I'm the weird-looking girl, I'm in this weird phase of life, I, I'm going to do whatever it takes to never feel this way again, and I'm going to get the best grades and be somebody, quote-unquote. You know, and I took the mentality into everything that I did, especially school, sports, extracurriculars. You know, I attached myself to being the best at everything. And so my identity completely revolved around what I did and how I performed in life. And then something happened that totally rocked me. Um, in May of my senior year of high school, my sister Anna was diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia, which is a, a form of cancer. And this completely shook our family to our core. So that set us on another path of surviving. My mom and my sister went off to the hospital at UAB in Birmingham. My dad commuted to and from work multiple hours a day and then would you know, five times a week, travel up to the hospital most nights to get them dinner. Um, and I was in a place where I was going off to college for the first time. And so during that time, there wasn't really a lot of attention on me because naturally we were all focused on Anna's health and survival. And our worlds revolved around, around that. And I began to wall myself off emotionally at that point. Uh, I didn't even really realize I was doing it and relied more and more and more heavily on the ability um, that I had to achieve and to compartmentalize in order to maintain the image that I was okay. I had spent so much time creating this identity that I, I was somebody and that I had it all together. And so I had to, in some way, continue to make people think that I wasn't gonna be ruined by this. I think I did that for a lot of reasons, um, but I know one was that I didn't want to give my parents any other reason to worry about me because they had so much other stress on their shoulders, um, and if I could continue to make good grades, to go to, you know, continue to go to college, stay the sweet, polite, well-mannered girl that I was and I'd always been, then I was doing my job as a daughter, and it was as if attaining accomplishments be came my way of proving to my parents, to my friends, really everybody around me, and also to myself, that I was okay. If I could do these things, then nothing was wrong with me. And if I could somehow keep it together, then that meant that I could hold on to the sense of control that everything was going to work out in the end. So after two brutal years of chemotherapy, uh, two bone marrow transplants, plants later, Anna died um, at 23. And that was 
the worst thing that had ever happened to me. Rewind about three weeks and a massive F5 tornado tore through our town, Tuscaloosa, destroying millions in property and killing hundreds of people. It was a storm that was, you know, created in perfect conditions. We'd known it was coming for days um, and no one really expected it to be as horrific as it was. But I just remember calling my mom on her cell at the hospital. She was watching it on TV and she told me, uh, you know, I told her I was okay. She said, go find your dad because she knew it had gone right over our neighborhood. So I got in the car with my best friend, my boyfriend at the time. Uh, somehow we were able to get to the entrance of my neighborhood, but no closer, you know, because trees were everywhere. Power lines were down. I started running down the parkway of my neighborhood, yelling out for my dad. And there were tons of people running out saying I couldn't go back there. There were gas leaks. But got to the end of my street and see my dad um, standing there in in the yard of our family home just looking at our house you know there were trees on top of it inside it and our neighborhood totally looked unrecognizable and it was then that I thought this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me (laughs) and I don't know how we're gonna get through it little did we know that Anna would go on the ventilator a couple days later and pass away just a couple weeks later um and again I had a moment outside of her room sitting on sitting on the floor in the hallway and thinking this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me how am I going to get through it thinking we have failed her how could this happen and it was then that it became overwhelmingly evident to me for the first time in my life how much of a spiritual being that I am and that Anna was. We are so much more than our bodies. And I don't know if if you know that, but if you've ever lost somebody or been next to somebody as they've passed on, you've experienced what it's like to see a spirit leave a body. And I remember looking at her and thinking, Anna's not here anymore. Sure, her body's here, but... She's somewhere else. And so I really got to be curious uh, about who I am, about how I was created, about the parts of me that are eternal, the spiritual. And, um, you know, that has followed me since then and evolved over the years. You know, also in the years that followed Anna's death, uh, my, my parents and I lost all three of my living grandparents We lost my dad's mom on Christmas Day. We lost his brother. Um, And my mom was diagnosed with stage 4 ovarian cancer and given five years to live. So we were just getting blow after blow after blow to my family. And it felt like we couldn't get any relief. At the time, it just felt like we were living in a hell that we weren't going to wake up from. But I continued, you know determined to keep it all together um, and just to bury my feelings and my emotions and excel at what seemed like everything that I did in the midst of the worst nightmare um, of my life. I kept checking things off the checklist. You know, I was a good girl. I had a plan. I was going to college by this age, graduate by this age, get promoted by this age, be married by this age, have a kid at this age. It was totally planned out because I 
thought that's how it was supposed to be. That's how you get to a life of success. I pursued a career in sales in Dallas. After I graduated, I was quickly promoted. I moved to Atlanta for another promotion. Um, I met and started dating um, a guy very seriously that took me um, to San Diego. So I moved with him. He played Major League Baseball and got traded at the time. So I was, you know, despite everything that I had gone through and that was I was currently going through at the time because my mom was very sick. Um, I did something for me, which I thought was going to make me happy, which was to move to San Diego with my boyfriend. And that was going to be living my dream. I could quit my job. I could have everything paid for. I was living in a penthouse apartment. And I thought that's what I deserved because of everything that I had had to endure and was currently going through at the time. So I decided to quit my very stable job and to follow this guy to San Diego and as somebody who thrives off accomplishment, I found myself about two weeks in completely miserable and confused at why I wasn't happy because I was living the dream. Any one of my friends, I thought, would be over the moon excited to have the life I had at that point. Um, but I had just lost my outlet to feel validated because I was accomplishing things at work. Now that I did not have a job any longer, I was just sitting on my ass, like shopping and working out, which who wouldn't think that would be great? Well, me and my thoughts and dealing with all of the grief and anxiety that I had not dealt with followed me to San Diego. You can't run away from your problems, guys. Let me just say that. They will follow you until you look them in the mirror, you look at yourself in the mirror, and you work through your issues. And I had a lot of issues. But I couldn't admit that to myself because I thought admitting that I was hurting and that I was struggling was admitting that I had failed. And I had failed to keep it all together and to hold um, on to the persona that I was okay. Um, so I couldn't admit to myself that something was wrong until... There had been like three days go by and I hadn't gone outside and I walk outside onto the street um, and feel the sun hit my face for the first time and just start crying and realizing, okay, something's wrong. But genuinely, that still wasn't enough to really wake me up. Um, we ended up breaking up and I moved back to Atlanta, moved in with my parents for the holidays and literally the day that we broke up, I got a call from my old CEO saying, hey, I heard what happened. Do you want your job back? We would love to take you back. So what seemed to be a moment for me to, to stop, to slow down, and to look at my issues, I totally chickened out. And I pivoted to the thing that I was most comfortable doing, and that was um, gaining validation through achievement. So I started climbing the corporate ladder again. I was knocking things off um, the checklist. I wanted to buy a house, so I did it. I wanted a new job where I could travel. I got it. You know, I wanted to make six figures. There you go. Look at there. I made six figures in the next like six months. I wanted to have an amazing boyfriend and have security and consistency. I had that. 
But on the inside, I was suffering and no one really knew to the extent. And I looked really good on the outside. I looked like I had it all together despite the tragedy that my family was going through. Uh, And my ego liked that. You know, it was an identity and a mask that I took really great comfort in because it made me feel like that's who I was. And for someone who had struggled to feel like she belonged, um, I had this identity of being the successful young woman, but I was miserable. It was then that really my misery became stronger than my ability to hold the mask. Um, My mom died in April of last year, 10 days after my 27th birthday. And she lived for five years and two weeks. Uh, My stable relationship that I was in with the guy that I thought I was going to marry ended up leaving me. And I started to hate the job that I had worked so hard to get and that provided the lifestyle that I'd gotten so comfortable living in. And, you know, I think there are probably people listening to this that have been through worse. But for me... This was enough to get my attention, finally. You know, after 10 years, I finally woke up and I looked at myself. And I started working with a coach. I started devouring podcasts and books. I started to meditate. I started journaling. And I started going to therapy. And somehow, by the grace of God and by a lot of help, um, I found my way back to the little girl inside of me that for a long time was just really lost. And I was able to connect with the spontaneous, fun, inspired, goofy, weird girl that is really just the authentic version of who I really am and not who I've just been pretending to be for so many years. And I'm not going to lie, that takes a lot to say that, but it feels so good Um, when you own up to... The things that you're going through, the things you've been through that have affected you, you are honest about how you're feeling, and it sets you free. Um, And so I'm super excited to be in a place where I can bring you some of the things that have helped me in my own personal journey. And I'm going to be bringing on some really great speakers and guests to help us navigate through some of these tough topics, like how do we deal with our breakups? How do we become our most authentic and highest self? And how do we find the career that's going to be the most fulfilling? I know that that's something a lot of you guys are going through. I've gotten some amazing feedback as I've started to post this stuff on social media. So look out for that coming to your welcome radio very soon. And I look forward to getting to know all of you. So please send me your comments, your questions, your feedback. I would love to hear from you guys and hear about the topics that you're interested in talking about. But before we go, I do want to leave you with this. I don't know what you're going through today, but I do know that whatever your experience is, nothing is wasted. I've been through a lot, um, but I know that everything that I've ever been through has propelled me to who I am today. So take encouragement in that. And I don't know if you're in your car or you're in your room. I just want you to take one second while I speak this over you. So close your eyes you're in your car and you're driving just listen to this back when you're parked but just listen to the sound of my voice today you're more experienced than you've ever been in your entire life today you stand at the very peak of the mountain that is your own experience over the years you've pushed forward towards this moment 
Each day you've added to the height of your mountain of experience, gaining yet another higher perspective. At certain times along the way, you found moments of peace and beauty in the green valleys and the still forests. At other times, you've been challenged by the fierce storms and rocky ground as you climbed your way higher. Right now is the moment all the other moments have been leading up to. Right now, you stand at the summit of your mountain of experience. Take a moment to take in the view and remember and remind yourself of something. Never before has your experience been as comprehensive or as valuable as it is today. Now is your opportunity to climb even higher, to put all you know to good and purposeful use. With gratitude and determination, get going and make your mountain of life experience ever higher. You're welcome. Make sure to tune in next week for another episode of Your Welcome Radio. And hit the subscribe button to help share this podcast with your friends. That would really help me out. If you want to follow me on social media, you can find me on Instagram at tori.k.gordon, G-O-R-D-O-N, so tori.k.gordon on Instagram. Or you can submit questions or comments to the Facebook page, Your Welcome Radio. Until next time, guys, catch you later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.